when you see a group of children playing, how many have seen a group of children playing? After a little while, you see who the leaders are amongst the children and who the followers are. And it has nothing to do with age. How many understand what I'm saying? Because you see that sometimes, you see the older one is following everything that the young one is doing. Means that one is a follower. Hallelujah. And you see, if you're a follower who doesn't think, you may follow to hell. Because the Bible says that in the last days, even the very elect may be deceived. Because they'll follow wrongly and they follow to hell. See, a leader is a follower as well. But a leader is a follower with the thinking cap on. Um, the place has gone quite too soon. <laughs> Hallelujah. How many understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're a leader and you're following somebody, you're following by your thinking at the same time. Because you know that in a very short time, you'll be leading. Are you with me? So you are not blind. A follower is always blind. They follow blindly. That's how come the false brethren, false pastors and false churches are increasing. Because they are more followers than leaders. Because people are following and they are following blindly. They don't ask questions. Yeah. How many of our leaders ask questions? Yeah, yeah. So if you are going to be a good leader, you must ask questions. Why? How? When? What? Why are we doing what we are doing? What are we doing? What is the purpose for what we are doing? But if we are to ask what is the purpose for what we are doing, and why are we doing this, how are we doing that, when should we do this, you would know whether the thing is right or wrong. Amen. That's why leadership is very important. Sometimes we say, oh, no, no, it's not spiritual. No, it's the most spiritual thing to even know. Why do you think Jesus spent majority of his time teaching people to become leaders than preaching to the congregation? So he, he said that for the crowd, he taught them in parables. So that hearing that they would not understand, seeing that they would not even understand, see, hearing they wouldn't understand what they are hearing. Because he didn't really care about the crowds per se. Because the leaders are more important. If I can get the leaders to start thinking, the crowd will be fine. Hallelujah. It's like the head and the tail. The head of the snake. Once you can capture the head of the snake, the rest is rope. <laughs> Isn't that true? The rest is a rope. Once you capture the head of the snake, the rest don't really mean anything. So if you're going to kill a snake and you hit the middle or the tail, you're in trouble. <laughs> But once you get the head, you are, doing, you are going somewhere. Amen. That's why I am praying and I'm believing God that we'll become leaders. Hallelujah. That in this church, there will be leaders. Amen. So you see that we spend more energy and time raising thinkers and leaders. Because once you are thinking, we have a future as a church. Hallelujah. Turn with me to the Isaiah chapter 3. I am a leader. Somebody say, I am a leader. I am a leader. Isaiah chapter 3, we're going to read from verse 1 to, through to 7. And we are still talking about 
how all these leadership things we have learned applies to us. Amen. For behold, the Lord, the Lord of hosts, takes away from Jerusalem and from Judah the stock and the store and the whole supply of bread and the whole supply of water. The mighty man and the man of war, the judge and the prophet, the diviner and the elder, the captain of 50 and the honorable man, the counselor and the skillful artisan, the expert enchanter, I will give children to be their princes and babes shall rule over them. The people will be oppressed, everyone by his neighbor, everyone by his neighbor, and, and everyone by his neighbor. The child will be insolent towards the elder and the base towards the honorable. When a man takes hold of his brother in the house of his father, saying, you have clothing, you be our ruler. And let these ruins be under your power. In that day, he will protest, saying, I cannot cure the ills, for in my house is neither food nor clothing. Do not make me a ruler of the people. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I don't know whether the scripture we've just read made sense to you, but I'm going to try and create a picture for you to see out of this scripture we've read so far. And hopefully by the time I finish, you understand why it's imperative that you become a leader. Amen. He said that, behold, this is uh, the prophet Isaiah was prophesying that, that says the Lord, I am about to destroy this city, this country, these people. And this is how I'm going to do it. I am going to start, if I want to destroy, God is about to destroy. So he says that I'm going to remove everything that the city depends on. For behold, no, go to verse 1. He said, behold, the Lord, that says the Lord, I will take away the stock and the store. The stock and the store is everything that the church depends on. He wants to destroy the church. This is how he says he's going to destroy the church. He wants to destroy the city. This is how he's going to destroy the city. He says that I am going to take from amongst you the resources, what you depend on, the thing that makes you blessed. I'm going to take it away from you. And he says that I will start this way. I will take away the whole supply of bread. Now, if you see the supply of bread in scripture, anytime you see bread, you must look at the bread of life. In John chapter 6, verse 35, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. So it means that I am taking the, the, the word bread of life, Christ and his anointing. I'm taking the anointing and the essence of your Christianity away from you. Are you with me? I am taking Christ and his anointing away from you. I don't know whether it's getting serious. The next thing he says I'm going to take away is the supply of what? Water. And we know that the water is the word. Amen. Ephesians 5.26 The water, the pure water is the pure word. Amen. 
Anytime you hear water in the Bible, it's talking about the word. Amen. Have you not realized that these type of false churches, these type of false uh, places, the word is not really word. It's more comedy. It's more stories. It's more anything and everything other than the word. Hallelujah. Because once the word is taken, once Christ and his anointing is taken, it is now going to be replaced by other things. Are you with me? See, he said that I'm going to take away. Then I'm going to bring something in its place. Which means that if the thing is not taken, that thing that is bringing will not be able to work. I don't know whether you understand the English that I'm speaking. Me, even me, I'm getting confused. So let, let, me, try, let me try it again. Say, if he doesn't take the things he's taking out first, he cannot impose what he's bringing to replace it. Uh, are you with me? Say, for instance, you're holding a bell. If I don't take the bell away, I cannot replace it with a phone. The bell has to be dropped first before you can pick up. So because when you are holding this, it's impossible to hold that at the same time. Amen. Are you getting it? So he said the second thing he's going to take is what? The water. Then I am going to go to the mighty man. The word the mighty man stands for the intercessor, the prayer warrior, the Epaphras, who is always interceding and praying for the church. I'm going to take him away. So the first thing he's taking is the anointing and Jesus Christ, the essence of what our spirituality is going to take it. The next one he's going to take is what? The word. So even though the word is being preached, the word that is being preached is not really the word of God. See, anytime you go to any proper place, check the word. Any place I thought you go, check the word first. Don't be impressed by the miracles and the gimmicks and all that. Don't be impressed by it. Check the, the spirit. The spirit in us bears witness with his spirit. So check the spirit. Is the spirit right? If the spirit is not right and you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, you, you there will be a, a conflict. Are, are you getting it? Then the next one is the word. What is the word? See, when the word is not really the word, you know it. When the word is really the word too, you know it. It's like you, somebody who doesn't know how to cook. How many don't know how to cook in this place? Give me a wave. You don't know how to cook. Okay. But, 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 sh, 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 I'm, I'm, I, no, I needed you to lift up your hands so that I can ask a question. It's good you've lifted up your hands. You say you don't know how to cook. Okay, but when you are eating food that is nice, don't you know? When you are eating food that is also not nice, don't you know? So you cannot cook, but when the food is not nice, you know that this food is not nice. And if the food is also nice too, you know it's nice. In the same way, you won't be able to put the word together. You can't preach. But when you hear proper word, you know that mm, this is proper word. Are you with me? When you hear somebody's also give me, somebody said, oh, I, I, this is not preaching because when you preach, I understand. <laughs> so it's not proper. Proper preaching is when they finish preaching and you have a headache and you don't understand. That is proper preaching. No, that's not proper preaching. 
The more confused you are, the better, the, the more powerful the word. No, 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 no. No. It's like, Pastor, you are deep. You are, no, no, don't be deep. Make me understand what you are saying. He says, he says uh, peace be still. Peace be still. If peace be still, then peace has to be made of steel. And if peace is still, then... <laughs> if peace has to be made of steel, then the peace has iron. Look at my gun. Now there's peace. Then they see people standing and say, yeah, what a word, what a word. What a word, my friend. <laughs> The pastor is preaching. Peace be still. See, peace and still. Still, see, a gun is made out of steel. When you pull the gun, there'll be peace. So, peace be still. <laughs> when you argue and you pull the gun, there'll be peace. A pastor is preaching powerful. No. No. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. See, when you go, you say, ah, who was he saying? <laughs> it's like, you're now, you're now looking more confused than the time you heard the word. <laughs> Hallelujah. He says, I'm taking away the mighty man, the man of war. See, in the olden days, the man of war, the men of war, they were people that guarded the city. Are you with me? They were the people that made us safe. In the house of God, there are people that man the spiritual gates. Those that intercede and pray, they are the men of war. Are you with me? If Satan wants to attack or if God wants to curse the place, he removes them. Because the Bible says that those that pray in Zion give him no peace until he makes Jerusalem a blessing. Are you with me? Which means that the men of all can force God's hand into blessing Jerusalem. Are you getting what I'm saying? The men of all can force. People can intercede for God to change his mind. Abraham interceded and God for God to change his mind about destroying Sodom and Gomorrah. The number of times Moses had to intercede against the destruction of the Israelites in the wilderness. You have no idea. Read the Bible, you see. Every time Moses was always interceding, every time Moses, it, these are not my people, it's your people. And you see, Moses and, and God, they had a very dynamic relationship. When Moses is angry, God is calm and making peace. When God is angry, Moses is making peace. <laughs> it's like that. You read the, 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 the story, you say all the time, there are times God gets angry and he wants to destroy them. They will say that you couldn't take them to the promised land. That's why you've killed them in the wilderness. Don't let this anger that you have right now you know, carry through because it's not good for you. You know, calm down, calm down. Then he gets Moses. Ah, look at these people. Look at what they are doing. Then God says, "You calm down." <laughs> so there's always that thing between God and Moses. In the same way, when you have an intercessor, he plays that Moses role. He stops the destruction. He stands in the gap. 
says, I sought for a man to stand in the gap so that my wrath or my anger doesn't burn to consume these people. And I found nobody. So I made myself an intercessor. Hallelujah. Bible says that Jesus is our mediator, our high priest, whoever lives to make intercession. He is our man of war who is always making peace for us. Hallelujah. When there is that man of war is taken away, it means we are in trouble. Are, are you getting it? So God is about to destroy the nation, and this is what he's doing. He's removing the things that makes us live in bless, a blessing, things that makes us live in peace. And the diviner, in other, uh, other, the judge, the elder, so the, the prophet who is also seen in the spiritual realm to say that God is doing this, God is about to, God is being removed. The judge is being removed. The prophet is being removed. The elder is also being removed. Go on, next verse. Now that I've taken them all, now I'm coming to the next level of leadership. The shepherds of 50, shepherds of 20, the 10, 30 people, 30, 10 people. I'm removing all of them. Captains of 50, the honorable, the counselor, the skillful artisan, and the expert praise and worship leader. The enchanter who praises and worships. So, see, God cannot help it. When, when the praises comes like that to his nostrils, he can't help it but come down. Have you ever been hungry? And then you smell some food, nice food coming from the kitchen. You just go towards the kitchen. God can help it when we worship from a deep place. He cannot help it. Even when he's angry. You know, I don't know whether you've been angry with your wife before. Yeah. And she's cooking something very nice. Yeah. And you're hungry. Yeah. And he's like, like mm-hmm. you want to go to the kitchen, but you're not sure how, what excuse you can give to go. <laughs> this is what I do. This is what I do sometimes. I, I, excuse my face. Is the food ready? <laughs> because if I go with a smile, they can kick me out. <laughs> Anyways, hallelujah. Are we being blessed? The captain of 50, the honorable man, the counselor, the skillful artisan, the expert enchanter, the expert worship leader who would force God's spirit and God's presence into the house of God is being taken away. Next verse. And in their place, I will give children to be their princes. I'll put little children. And babies shall rule over them. In First Timothy 3, the Bible says, Not a novice, lest being exalted, will be overcome by with pride. And that same pride will destroy them. Hallelujah. Not a novice, not a child. Not a baby. Hallelujah. See, so when you have a church 
where those who are mature decide to take a back seat so that the babies in Christ who are now exuberant and, and very uh, zealous take the lead. The curse is about to enter the church. Am I? Okay. So not a, go to that scripture you, you put up. Not a novice, lest they being puffed up with pride, he falls into the same condemnation as the devil. See, you see some of these uh, false churches that are around. All the people who are, who are in the leadership, and they are babies. They are spiritual babies. Some of them, they are not even saved. Because you see their fruits that they are exhibiting. It's not fruit of salvation. It's not fruit of righteousness. You know, but they, they, are, they are on the stage performing. Hallelujah. And that's the symptom of a cursed, a cursed land. It's a symptom of a cursed church. When the spiritually matured take a back seat and allow, see sometimes God is the one who does that. God is the one who allows the matured ones to take a back seat and allow the babies to come and occupy the front seat because he's getting ready to bring a curse. But I pray that this church will not be like that. Hallelujah. Those of us who have been doing this for a while, we have to stand up and get occupy the place where God has called us. Because the invest is also the same. The invest brings a blessing. This brings a curse. But when, we, when the older ones, the intercessors, and all those people take their right place in the house of God, a blessing comes. Let's read on. Next, next verse. The people will be oppressed. Are you with me? The people will be oppressed. You see, the, 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 the scripture is saying that the people will be oppressed. I was wondering why the scripture said the people will be oppressed. Because ah, it's all just the, the, the uh, rulers, the, uh, what is it called, intercessors and the captains of 50s, the judges that have been taken. Why should there be oppression? How many of us know that without law, human beings, we are lawless? The only reason why we behave ourselves is because of the fear of the law. Are you with me? The fear of the speeding camera is why you drive the speed at which you drive. If there's no speeding camera, the way you drive will be different. Are you with me? Yeah, the, way, the reason why you behave yourself is that there's a fear that if you, don't, if you misbehave, you can easily end up in prison. If that threat is taken away, you will see. Let's see what happens in that prison. Yeah. Without the law. Without the law. Yeah, all of us will drink for one night. <laughs> I mean, there was a, a school, a mixed school. One day, they, had, they went, you know this type of Aluta demonstration? Mm -hmm. They were having demonstrations, strike, and, you know, burning things. The number of rapes that happened that night. Because the law had been taken out. There was lawlessness. And the human, the animal inside of us were, were released. Are you with me? In other words, all the people we have discussed, 
All the people we have discussed up to this point, they are the reason why the animal inside of us is tamed. Are you with me? The reason why the church will go on and become, uh, do well and do better and, and become what God wants it to become is because of this, this law, these other people, this captain of 10, captain of 50, captain of 20, the ruler, the judge, the intercessor, you know, they, 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 they are all there. The bread, the word is there. The law is there. All those things, is, the spirit is there. All these things are keeping us and the check, so that the animal inside of us is tamed. Are you with me? You see, you can tame that animal to the day you die. That's right. If you live under law. Yeah. But if you are not a law-abiding person, the animal will keep coming up and down. You see yourself always saying, I'm sorry, I apologize, I apologize. Every so, every so often, the animal is released. Then you catch the animal, bring it back. Then you... <laughs> Hallelujah. Next verse. When a man takes hold of his brother in, his, in the house of his father, saying, you have clothes, be a ruler. That gives you how base, how bad things have gotten, where only one person has clothes and everybody else is naked. So that we say that the one who has clothes, let them be the ruler. And the person who has clothes says, listen, I have clothes, but I don't have food in my house. So if I'm a leader, I'm sure you expect me to give you food to eat, give you clothes to wear. I can't, so let me stay here. Hallelujah. See, when we read the scripture, when we read what we are reading right now, we cannot see how it equates to the church today. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's not very easy to equate it, but believe you me, it's, if it's for a country, it can be for a church. Are you with me? Once the, 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 the order is taken, once the word is removed, once the, the, the grace and anointing is also taken, it can be replaced by, you see them now going to uh, the Sangomas and the Voodoo's and the Jujus to collect spirits and power. You understand what I'm saying? Because when it is, they have to do something to create the facade that, there's still order. They create the facade that there's still law. There's still anointing. There's so you see them. All they come and talk about the stories. They give stories, jokes. So stories and jokes, and then they, they or insults, or they are fighting other people, you know, from the pulpit. And then after that, they create the magic. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? And you see, children are fascinated by the magic. Children are fascinated by all these type of... You see, when you want to keep, get a child's attention, you have like colored lights. Or you do some signs. You see, the child's attention will be caught. When a child wants to catch another child's attention, they use the same thing. See, I can't bring colored light and be flashing in your, in your face. <laughs> Dr. Ramte, and think that because of the colored light, I have caught your attention. <laughs> because like, what are you doing? <laughs> because you are not, you won't buy into it. But children buy into these type of things. Hallelujah. And so we, we, we are praying, and so we are, we are talking about it, that as a church, let's maintain these guys 
Let's maintain the word. Let's maintain the spirit. Let's maintain the ruler, the intercessor. Let's maintain and even have more. More captains of 10, captains of 50, captains of 20. Let, let us have more people like that. Because with the more of such people we have, the blessing, the more blessing that the church has. The more protection we have. Amen. So with all that said, we started talking about, I am a leader. And we looked at um, Jeremiah, isn't it? Let's go back to our Jeremiah story. Jeremiah chapter 1, from 4 to 19, isn't it? I don't know where we got to. The first one was what? You didn't choose yourself. Number two. Everything has played a role to bring you to where you are. Number three. God is holding your hand. Number four. Number four is what? Stop belittling yourself. It's... um, Stop allowing your frailties. I think what I used was frailties, isn't it? How to deal with your frailties. Amen. 1 Corinthians 5, 17. Confront your frailties and deal with them. How to deal practically with the things that make you weak. No, no, no. Hold on, hold on. Let me go start from here. 17. So, 1 Corinthians 5. See, the reason why some of us, this is what I said last week, the reason why some of us shy away from leadership is because of our past. Isn't it? Remember what Peter said. Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. Isn't it? And then uh, Moses said, no, 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 I'm a murderer. I just murdered somebody. So I cannot go. I am wanted. Send my brother Aaron instead. Remember, and then uh, uh, Saul was on his way to murder more people. First Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if anyone be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to Himself through Jesus and has given us a ministry of reconciliation. Amen. Um, Somebody said something the other day. He said, you remember um, David? When David went to visit his brothers at the war front and heard Goliath um, defying the armies of Israel, and he said, I'll go and fight him. The king said, take my armor. Take my clothes. How many remember? Take my clothes. Okay. And then he tried to wear the king's clothes and to go in them, and it didn't work. How many remember that? Okay. So he went in his own clothes and fought Goliath in his own clothes with his own ammunition and was able to kill Goliath. Isn't it? And then when he came back to 
Jerusalem, Saul made him one of his um, men of war. Isn't it? And the Bible says something that the day that Saul, uh, David came into the house of, of Saul, the soul of Jonathan was next to the soul of David. So Jonathan took off his clothes. Remember, Jonathan is the son of Saul. And Jonathan is a prince. Are you with me? And David is the son of Jesse, who is not a prince. But Jonathan took his royal robes and he put it on the body of David. And thereby making David a prince. Are you with me? Because, and I don't know why, how the, the, the clothes fit. But it fitted. Isn't it? And he became a prince. Which gave him the spiritual authority to become a king. After the death of. You know, Jesus, the Bible says, is the firstborn of the resurrection. And he became sin for us. So that we become the righteousness of God. He took off his robe and gave that robe to us. Are, are you getting on? Just as, just as Jonathan took off his clothes and gave to David, Jesus also took off his clothes and gave. So the cloth that, the, 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 the chair that David was sitting on is not a chair that he deserves to sit on. It's not a chair he has worked for to sit on, but it's a chair that has been imputed upon him. Are you getting what I'm saying? The, the, the salvation, the righteousness, and the power and authority that we are enjoying is not a authority and power that we have worked for, but it's authority that we have derived by the fact, the benevolence of Jesus Christ, by taking off his clothes and giving it to us. You know, so once you, you become a leader and you sit in, in the house, you are not sitting with your own raggedy clothes. You are not sitting with the, 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 the same clothes as, you know, he's a shepherd boy. Can you imagine how his clothes smells like? His clothes smells like sheep. That, those clothes do not fit in the royal palace. Are you getting what I'm saying? The way Jonathan smells and the way David smells are two different smells. <laughs> one of them is not pleasant and one of them is not allowed to be in the king's court remember that when Esther had to go to uh, the king to stay to, to the chamber of the king she had to bath for how many days yeah 30 days they kept her perfuming grooming herself because a certain smell is not allowed in a king's court. Uh, you get I'm saying something. I don't know whether you are catching it. Yeah. I, I'm saying that, you see, the, the smell that you have come with, David, is now being taken off. Because Jonathan has given you his royal robes. So now you have royal robes. So don't sit here thinking about your clothes. Don't sit here thinking about your past. Don't sit here thinking about, I cannot do it. I'm not qualified. I am not. No, 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 no. You are more than qualified. What has qualified you is not your works. It's the benevolence. The benevolence of Christ. 
That is what qualifies us. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's Satan that keeps reminding us. He reminds us of what we, we have done, who we used to be. And you, you, you see, how dare you go and stand in front of people and, and talk to them about God? How dare you? you? No, 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 no. It's like David trying to eat. And then his brothers are passing. How dare you sit here? Even we, we are not allowed, we are servants. You, you are sitting here. I'm not sitting here because I, I qualify. I'm sitting here because the royal robe has been given to me and I'm allowed to sit here. And not only am I allowed to sit here, I'm allowed to behave like a, a prince. And that is what qualifies him to go higher to become the king. Otherwise, by under law, he's not allowed. Amen. Are you understand what I'm saying? I'm trying to make you understand that don't allow your past to cripple you. In the house of God. All our, you know, you don't understand. Uh, even as a Christian, I, 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 I committed adultery. I'm struggling, you know, so I cannot. No. No. Bible says his strength is made perfect in our weakness. When we are, we are weak, then he's strong. Allow his strength to be made perfect in your life. See, as you keep on going, you forget that those things that you are calling frailties ever existed in your life. The more you start going. Are you with me? David had to keep reminding himself where he was picked from. He picked me from the Mary and put my feet on the rock to stay. He had to keep reminding himself because as you keep going on, you can easily forget and God desires it that way, that you forget. Hallelujah. So I'm, I'm encouraging all of us. Don't sit back. Amen. Don't allow children to take the role. It's not just for us, but it's for the, the, the sanctity of, of the house of God. You have been in Christ for a long time. You are supposed to grow and become a teacher. Hallelujah. You are supposed to grow and become a teacher in the house. You are supposed to grow and become a captain in the house of God. You are supposed to grow and become an intercessor in the house of God. You are supposed to grow and become, you know, something in the house of God. The supplier of the bread, the prophet, the seer. See, in this day and age, we don't have prophets in the church anymore. When I was growing up as a, as a Christian, there were prophets in the church. And they were, not, they were not pastors. As soon as we start praying right now, somebody will prophesy. When somebody goes, goes and sleeps and comes in the night, say, Pastor, I've had a dream. When, and they, the dream, as they say in it, you see it happening. Yeah. But because we have refused to sit in that, those type of chairs, the church is suffering. Are you with me? And the reason why we don't sit in that chair Sometimes because the fear of our frailties. Amen. Our frailties always become something Satan uses to remind us not to keep us humble necessarily, but to keep us in prison. Hallelujah. 
You remember I was telling you a story about that, that strong horse that was tied, first of all, to a, 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 a white pole. And she tried to move and then move and the, the, the thing cut his, cut his neck, cut his leg as he was moving. And it became sore. Then the next time, the master tied it to a plastic white chair. Just one plastic white chair. The horse was still standing there, didn't move. Do you know why? Because any time they experienced the past and the sore, the wound on the leg reminds the, the, the don't try this at home. <laughs> don't try to move because it, have you seen this white thing? It was a similar white thing that we tried and look at what happened to us. This time is a plastic chair. You can carry thousands of them and still run smoothly. But you see the horse sitting by it. Some of us, we are like that. We are sitting by a prison that is not a real prison. You can just carry this plastic chair and go about your business <laughs> running around all the place and not even feel that something is even there. But it's like my past. My past. My weaknesses. My frailties. I cannot do it. I am shy. I don't... No, 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 no. Listen, if, you, if you're allowing shyness, shyness will cripple you. I can't speak English very well. I can't, you know, I don't know much. My accent is not good. No, 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 no. Don't let that stop you. Are you with me? See, as you go, he perfects our weaknesses. He makes our weaknesses even stronger. See, that thing that you are calling your weakness becomes the thing that even endears people to you. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? That is Christ, that is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, imputing their trespasses to them, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed us the word of reconciliation. See, so now he, our weakness, he's saying that he's not putting it back on us, but he's now using us to reconcile others. To get more people, more weak people, to become strong for him. Hallelujah. Next, next verse. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we employ you on Christ's behalf to be reconciled to God. See, this guy who was writing, it is the same person who said that he had a thorn in his flesh. For some reason, the Bible never told us what the thorn was. But you see, he did not allow that thorn to incapacitate him. He used that thorn to run like the horse, carrying the plastic chair all over the place and doing everything. He said, I've run the race. I've fought a good fight. I've finished my course. Which means that you can run with a thorn in your flesh. You can run with weaknesses. You can run with frailties. Don't allow your frailties to keep you down. I don't know whether I'm preaching to a church. You look half asleep, all of you. Because nobody's saying amen. Nobody's clapping. Nobody's saying anything. So I'm wondering whether... (laughs) 
Hallelujah. See, I'm not saying pretend as if those, those weaknesses don't exist. That's not what I'm saying. Admit them. This is my weakness. Confront them. Deal with them. Ask for God's help. God's enabling power. And don't be incapacitated by them. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. See, the Bible never ever said that David was cured of his stammering. Have you thought of that? He was a stammerer. He said, I cannot speak, for I am slow of speech. Have you read that scripture in the Bible? In the, in the burning bush, Moses, yeah. That's it, David. No, 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 sorry. Sorry, sorry. I said Moses, I was talking about Moses. Yeah. He said, I'm slow of speech. I cannot speak. God never cured him. Or the stammer. God never cured him. But he still led the people. Because it was his weakness. As soon as God called him, he presented his weakness. <laughs> Jesus never said to Peter, from today you are not a sinful man. He said, I'm a sinful man. Depart from me. But Jesus never said that you are not a sinful man. From today, I've made you holy. Come. No. He said, from today, you'll be catching men. Hallelujah. Are you getting what I'm saying? I'm, I'm trying to show you how to confront the things that is stopping you from doing what God has called you to do. Because those things, they are in between your ears. <laughs> <laughs> you get it next week. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's a very strong battle. It's a very, because there's nothing that is more devastating than the prison of the mind. When you put yourself in that prison, anointing doesn't take you out. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come pray and lay hands to you. Go bald. It won't take you out. You need to come to a place and say, mm, I can do this. You are transformed by the renewing of your mind. When you remove that, the, the um, things. See, David was an albino looking type of person. The Bible said he was red. He was ready. She was ready. Yeah. He was, he says that out of iniquity did my mother form me. So we, we, we are not sure whether he was a legitimate child. Because when they asked Jesse to bring his children, he brought all his legitimate children, but not David. It was the prophet that said, are these all your children? Until then, he was like, these are all, yeah, you are looking for my real children. These are the real children. The other one is not. <laughs> okay. No, are these all your children? Oh, no, no. Yeah, yeah. You remind me there is but one. I don't quite add him to my children, but in this case that you say these are, let's go and bring him. 
but he did not allow that to stop him. He is more famous, more known than all the brothers. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? I'm saying that to encourage you that allow the leader in you to come out. Yeah, don't say, oh, I'm too quiet. I'm too shy. I don't like, you know. Listen, I'm more quiet than you. That was See, anytime I say that, people don't believe me. I'm a very shy person. That was funny. I've always been very, very quiet and shy. <laughs> Sandra doesn't believe it. No, my natural, my natural tendency is to be very quiet. Yeah, you can ask. Many times we go anywhere. It's my wife who does a lot of talking. I'm quiet. I, I'm shy. See, I'll sit there. My wife will be doing all the talking, going everywhere. But when it comes to here, yeah, then my shyness goes. <laughs> yeah, because I've learned how to give my frailties and my weaknesses to him. And I'm encouraging you to do the same. Hallelujah. Are you, are you learning something? Let's move on. So what, what verse did we get to in uh, Jeremiah? God has not called you because you are capable. God will make you a sign and a wonder. Okay, so come with me to, I think verse 8 is what we got to. Jeremiah 1 verse 8. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you and will deliver you, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Fear is one of the things that will stop you from becoming what God has called you to become. How many don't like people talking about you? Give me a wave. How many don't like people talking bad about you? Please, if you don't like people talking bad about you, you, are, you don't have any business be, being a leader. <laughs> uh, so, baby, let's stop and share the grace. You can go and we'll continue the rest of the message. <laughs> Hallelujah. Listen, if you're going to be a leader and a good one, never be afraid of having a bad reputation. I used to, I used to be very, a very nice guy. I used to be a very nice, and I was very, very, I used to pride myself in being a very nice person. You won't get any, any bad thing to say about me. Yeah. Until I became a leader in the house of God. Then I realized that the Bible says that woe to you when everyone speaks well of you. It means you are compromising. It means you are two-faced. It means you are not real. It means you are a liar. You are double-tongued. You are a man-pleaser. No, no. You be a very unpopular person. And don't let it bother you. So I learned very quickly in my, <laughs> in my leadership days that da, 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 you be an unpopular person. And it's fine. I used to have, I told you about my choir, very bad group of people. When you call for a meeting, they won't come. When they come, they'll come late. 
And then when they come, they come late, like one hour late, more than the other two hours, they will come late. And when they come late, after five minutes, they go, <laughs> You are preaching. It's like, it's like, you give them a song, it's too high. Even, they won't even try it. It's too high. I can't sing it. I don't like the song. The song is not nice. So one day, I called a meeting. I said, from today, I run the show. If you don't get here for 5 o'clock, don't come at all. And if you don't come three times, you are not a member again. And from that day, people started gathering opposition. <laughs> opposition party, opposition party. Who does he think he is? He just came. He's giving us instruction. Then my wife was, I think, due. She was heavily pregnant. We said, we'll see whether you come. We used to do all night, every Friday. Just a choir all night. Said, we'll see whether you come today. His wife, so the opposition party had come waiting to see whether I will come or not so that they would use it against me. They were there when I brought my wife. She was like, I brought her. And I brought about 10 pillows. Then I arranged chairs facing yeah, that. Then I put the pillows here, here, there. She was, she was, and because she, she could easily give bed there. Then I put her on the pillows. And I said, okay, let's sing. <laughs> From that day, they all lined up. This, is, this guy's a crazy guy. They all lined up. Said, From that day, I mean, like meeting, you'll be late. No, 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 no. If this guy can't bring his wife, who is about? I tell you, she was sitting lying there, very uncomfortable. You know when it's like you are due. And the music, boom, boom, boom. You can see that she's very uncomfortable. And I say, sit there. Then every so often I go, okay, everything, everything alright. So okay, let's sing. <laughs> we did it till the morning. We didn't close early. Went past the normal time. Then after that, I gathered her, gathered my pillows, and I took her home. The next all night, before I got there, they were all there. Yeah. Hallelujah. So sometimes you you got to you got to do something. Are you getting what I'm saying? You've got to do something. And you see, if you're going to worry about what people say and you don't have a thick skin, you always be crying. Because my people, they could make people cry. <laughs> they can make, they, they, see, they can, in the middle of the rehearsal, they can fight. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They'll be arguing, shouting at each other. They will believe this. <laughs> They were believers. Are you with me? 
Even my pastor was afraid of them. <laughs> Even my pastor was afraid of them. Awesome way. But me, it was my, my learning. My learning. That's why I'm not afraid of anybody. Because uh, deal, deal with those people, when you finish, you can deal with anybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You develop a thick skin. Are you with me? Don't be afraid of people talking bad about you. Don't be afraid of people gossiping, people saying that you have done this. Don't be afraid of it. Hallelujah. See, when you're doing the right thing, they'll say bad about you. The day you leave, they'll say, oh, this guy was our best. (laughs) Yeah, the day you leave, they say, oh, this guy was our best. Every church, every church that I've pastored, when I was there, they didn't like me. Because I was too harsh. The day I left, sir, he's the best pastor we've ever had. Everybody as you bring, they don't, no, 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 it's not like, he's not like Pastor Chris. No, 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 no. Yeah. One thing, I, the first thing I, I discovered about people is that don't be afraid. Yeah. And don't want any reputation. I don't want you to say nice things about me. Because you're saying nice things doesn't change who I am. You're saying bad things about me does not change who I am. Are you with me? Because people always say, especially when you are not doing what they want you to do. <laughs> if you allow them to make you do what they want, there won't be a church by the time you finish. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, let's move on. Verse 9. For the Lord has put his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my word in your mouth. Amen. God. See, this day I have set you over the nation and over the kingdom to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Hallelujah. Let's read verse 10 together. Ready? Go. Hallelujah. That is the job of the leaders that God is raising. Amen. Hallelujah. You see, most of the time, we don't like doing this job. We like to sit around and let pastor root out and pull down, destroy and throw down, build and plant. But he didn't say that that is the job of the pastor. He said, all of us, our job is what? Oh, nobody's saying anything. Amen. So your mandate as a leader in the house of God is to pull out what needs to be pulled out. The weeds that needs to be, you, you, that's your mandate, pull it out. When you see something that is not right, let's deal with it. Are, are you with me? Yeah. Because you are the Bible says one can put to flight a thousand, but two, you see, if Jesus alone is healing the sick and preaching the word, Jesus will only be able to do that much. Are you with me? But if Jesus releases 70 people and puts his spirit on them 
and they go and preach. He sends them out to go and preach and to heal the sick and do. How many would think that they will do more? And more will be achieved. And that is what, that, that's what Jesus is about. Jesus is not about keeping everything on himself alone. Are, are you with me? A church where the pastor is the, the, the blow man, the, the, what is it called? He's a champion. It's, it's a very suspect. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? We like to put our pastors in a pinnacle, make him like this. He is our champion. And the rest of us, we are the cheerleaders. No, no. When you look in scripture, that's not how Jesus operates. Hallelujah. He, 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 he says that I've set you, I've empowered you. Pull out what you need to pull out. Root out what you need to root out. Plant what you need to plant. And build what needs to be built. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. That's what I'm trying to I'm trying to empower you to do it. See, more will be achieved if we do it together than if one man is doing, one man becomes the champion. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Verse 11. Uh, my time is up. Okay, let's do verse 11 and we can go. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And he said, I see a branch of an almond tree. Amen. I don't think I can do this one today. Let's go. And he said to me, you have seen well, for I am ready to perform my word. Amen. I see, somebody say, I see an almond tree. You see, in the, in the original, I see a rod like an almond tree. Are you with me? Is, is that King James? What does it say? I see what? A rod of an almond tree. And anytime you see a rod, he's talking about authority, correction, shepherdorial rulership. See, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. How do they comfort me? When you move out of the line, he uses the rod to whip you. Do you understand what I'm saying? And the staff is the authority that he holds. And the almond in the Old Testament also stands for the significance of the almond branch is connected to the first week after winter. So that spring. See, when, when the spring is about to come, the first tree that really comes out, out of there, you see, like, for those of you who are here, you understand, winter time, all the leaves are out. Isn't it? It looks like all the leaves are dead, all the trees are dead, but they're not really dead. It's just that they've gone to sleep. Are you with me? But springtime, you see the ones that are all bent over and falling, all of a sudden start rising. And then you see the branch, the leaves are... The almond is always the first tree to rise. Are you with me? And so the almond tree stands for revival. It stands for a resurrection. It stands for a new level. And he said, I've set you up as an almond tree to correct, 
but also to bring a revival, to take us to the next level. What am I saying? What I'm trying to say is that if we stand up as Jeremiah did, the church will be revived. There will be a new season in the church. There will be a new transformation. It's like springtime. Everything that was dead will start rising again. It takes us rising. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Let's get to that place. Become the watching tree. It's like the, they, they call the almond tree the watching tree because it's like if it's, it's the first tree watching for the spring to come. So as soon as the season comes, it starts to rise. Then the others who are other trees who are sleeping, when they see the almond tree rising first and blooming, then they say, Oh, it must be time because the almond tree is rising, so let's all rise. Because he's the leader. Are you with me? How many almond trees do we have here? 